We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. If, by chance, you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated on Fan Nation. Today, we are back on uh, the live show here on Oregon Football Max Torres, youtube.com slash Oregon Football Max Torres, I should say. Um, If you guys are tuned in live uh, on the show, Thank you guys for taking some time out of your day to uh, talk some ducks with us. Definitely holler at me in the live chat. If you guys have comments, questions, I want to hear about it. I can't, I can't uh, promise that I'll get to everything, but uh, I'll do my best to uh, you know answer some of, some of your guys' questions. And uh, whether you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, however you guys are here, we're just happy to have you. Um, before I get into today's podcast, I uh, just had a quick favor to ask of you guys. Uh, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, really helps me, uh, you know, kind of get things going, and and uh, it's just a tremendous help to the channel, and I really appreciate it. And then go ahead and lock in on the social platforms as well. Twitter's the biggest one for me right now. Name right there on your screen at Mac Sports, rather. Uh, so now we are gonna get into uh, the pod. Uh, I'm rolling solo on this one, so pardon me if I'm a little bit rusty. Um, and, uh, you know, have to take a sip every now and then if my, if my throat gets dry. Um, but the Ducks had their 2022 National Signing Day yesterday, made some big noise on the recruiting trail. You have the additions of offensive lineman Dave Uli from Puyallup. Uh, you also have Jordan James, the running back, flipping from Georgia uh, on National Signing Day. That was definitely one of the bigger, more exciting commitments for the Ducks. And then you also had uh, another former commit in Marion Winston out of Central Catholic in the uh, Portland area, hopping back in the fold after a visit over the weekend to Eugene. So the Ducks put some some nice touches on the 2022 class. There are still some guys that they uh, are pursuing on the recruiting trail. Um, and I think the biggest ones to, to watch there, uh, definitely you got to throw Josh Connerly in that conversation big, big time offensive lineman out of Rainier Beach High School in the Seattle area. So you know anytime that there's some some really talented guys in the Pacific Northwest, the Ducks are going to want to see if they can, uh, you know, stay a little bit closer to home and, and see and get those guys on the roster if possible. So uh, we know that the Ducks are contenders there, um, but he looks like he's going to be uh, taking the recruiting process uh, into March. Uh, he tweeted the other day that he uh, isn't signed anywhere and that he's going to be deciding in uh, March, it looks like. So we don't have a specific date just yet, 
But uh, that's one of the big names that we want to watch here in the 22 class for the Ducks. Other name to keep an eye on is uh, 2022 athlete Arliss Boardingham out of Birmingham High School in Van Nuys, California. Uh, another 2022 target that did not announce or sign his uh, national letter of intent yesterday. Um, he's down to Oregon and Florida, so we have a little bit more direction as far as that recruitment goes. He was on campus for a visit over the weekend, uh, got to spend some time, uh, obviously, with a lot of the commits already in Oregon's 2022 class that were here. Got to take in some hoops, uh, Oregon versus Oregon State. That was an awesome atmosphere to, to be at. Ducks are back in action tonight. I might add the, the men's basketball team hits the road uh, to go uh, to Boulder and play the Colorado Buffaloes. They've uh, they haven't had the best luck in Colorado of late. So we'll see if they can, um, you know, get back on the right track against the buffs after losing a tough game at home just last week. Um, so go check out the hoops. Um, Graham, our Graham Metzger has a, a preview of that game to get you guys ready over on Ducks Digest. So I uh, definitely recommend that you check that out and, and give it a read. But uh, as far as uh, Boardingham goes, there's not really anything super new to uh, report right now. I think, you know, going into uh, National Signing Day, um, you know, my sources were telling me that, that Florida was looking like they're in a good spot with him. But I know that Oregon's feeling pretty good, too. So uh, that one really does seem like it's been a 50-50 battle uh, back and forth throughout his recruitment. Um, but with uh, the 2022 guys, we we got to start uh, talking about, like, now that we've talked about the 2022 guys, rather, uh, let's talk about some of the 2023s because that's what's got people uh, really, really excited, obviously, now that uh, you know we've moved on and, and turned, we haven't turned the page completely right. We're still waiting, like we said, uh, to see what kind of happens with some of those other targets for the Ducks. But um, now that we're moving on to 23, let's go ahead and talk about some of Oregon's early priorities in the 2023 recruiting class, uh, some big targets that I think they should prioritize. Some of them have already been here on campus. Like I said, I'm not going to get through everybody that I uh, want to today. Uh, I'm definitely going to try to go more in-depth over on Ducks Digest uh, in a little while, uh, maybe in the coming days here, trying to see if I want to do like an offense or a defense, uh, maybe two separate stories. But just wanted to throw that out there so that if uh, you know someone you guys want to talk about or thinking about uh, isn't talked about in this video, we'll probably uh, hit on it over there. So give me a sec to share my screen here as we hop into this podcast and get some stuff going. So quarterback, that's got to be the absolute biggest need for the Ducks in the 2023 class. I don't think anybody is going to deny that. If you look back a little bit, 2023, uh, or sorry, 2022, rather, the Ducks had... Um, the Ducks had Tanner Bailey out of Gordo, Alabama, in the fold for quite some time. Uh, and then after Mario Cristobal took the Miami job, he decided to reopen his recruitment and has since ended up at South Carolina, uh, which also got Spencer Rattler. If you want to think about the transfer portal and, and how crazy that's been uh, through the offseason and throughout the uh, you know recruiting calendar. So they, that's going to be interesting to see how their quarterbacks shake out. But uh, the Ducks bring in Bo Nix, so they now have three quarterbacks on the roster as it stands. Bo Nix coming over from Auburn. Uh, Robbie Ashford transferred to Auburn, um, so they kind of traded quarterbacks there, if you want to call it that. Ty Thompson um, coming in from the 2021 class. A lot of people you know, had high hopes as Duck fans that he was going to see the field early. Uh, and then you also have um, Jay Butterfield, who came in in the 2020 class, so Lots of good options for the Ducks uh, on the roster, excuse me. But as you know, 
uh, you got to keep planning ahead. And uh, quarterback has to be the priority here in the 2023 class. So uh, I have this graphic up on the screen. If you guys can see over on YouTube, um, the top 10 quarterbacks, uh, according to Max Preps, Max Preps is a lot of great work. Um, I think that uh, you guys should definitely check out some of their stuff as far as like, you know, rosters and uh, rankings. They do a really good job of like ranking the, the top schools in the country. But let's read through this list real quick. And I want to focus on the top five. Arch Manning. Arch Manning is a, a really interesting situation, I feel like, out of uh, Newman High School in New Orleans. And I say it's interesting because he's one of the biggest recruiting dominoes that I think we've seen on the uh, recruiting trail in, in quite some time. It feels like a lot of these schools are, uh, you know, waiting to see what happens with, with Arch Manning. And then uh, I think we'll see a lot of other quarterbacks, you know, find out where they're going to go uh, kind of from there. Uh, so he's ranked number one. And then you have Malachi Nelson out of Los Alamitos uh, in Southern California. He's committed to USC. Uh, he was one of the first uh, guys to commit to Lincoln Riley at USC, him being a former Oklahoma commit in line with Caleb Williams transferring over to Oklahoma or sorry, to USC rather. You kind of thought it was a matter of uh, when, not if. Uh, so Malachi Nelson, uh, you know, going to the Pac-12 and then Dante Moore from King High School in Detroit, Michigan. Um, that's a, a, a five-star talent. Uh, he's uncommitted. And then you have uh, Nico Iamaleava from Warren High School in Downing, California, also uncommitted, another five-star prospect. And then uh, rounding out the top five, you have Jaden Rashada out of uh, Pittsburgh High School in Northern California. And I want to focus on uh, these, those, you know, three through five, because all of those guys were on campus. Uh, this, this, uh, I guess this past month, now that we're in February, excuse me. Um, all those guys were on campus here in Eugene uh, in the month of January. So that was another thing that I thought was interesting about the recruiting strategy and just the the finish that uh, Dan Lanning and the Ducks were, were able to, you know, kind of put um, the finish that they were able to have on the recruiting trail as we're now in a dead period. They had a lot of their top guys in 2022 getting on campus, but they also were smart enough to get, a lot of top 2023 targets on campus as well. Um, you know, all, so we had more uh, Nico and Jaden were, were all um, really big people to get on campus. Um, but a lot of people want to talk about, you know, the, the bottom two with, with Nico and Rashada. Uh, Nico posted some, some really cool visit pictures. Um, and uh, I, I tweeted about it just a little bit ago. So let me see if I can find it. And then we'll go back to uh, go back to this picture. Um, so give me just a second. So this is this is from Jordan Anderson, a wide receiver who's teammates with with Nico out at Warren. Um, I thought these were really cool uniform combos, and I love how the the staff you know really um, gives the gives the recruits the uh, freedom to kind of just do whatever they want. You know, mix and match different uh, uniform combos, and you see Nico, the quarterback there on the right, really tall dude at six six. Uh, he's rocking you know the the Mario to eight. Um, from the the pick uniforms that were uh, debuted against Washington in 2015. I know I remember I was at that game and he's also rocking it with the um, Ohana helmet. Um, so I thought that was a really cool uniform might look a little bit strange to people, but, but definitely uh, get in the comments and let me know what you think about this uniform combo. I thought this was a, a really big one, a really interesting uh, look. Um, and I feel like with Nico, you know, a reason that he's a big target is a lot of Duck fans are going to remember DJ Uyunglele, 
uh, the current Clemson quarterback out of St. out of St. John Bosco in the 2020 class. The Ducks really pulled out all the stops to try to get him to come to Oregon. You'll remember that Mar- uh, Marcus Mariota was uh, uh, on, I believe he was on campus, as was Dennis Dixon uh, that weekend, just you know, to try to kind of deliver that final pitch to him. But he he ended up at Clemson, so um, you know you, you have another Polynesian quarterback and and Nico who. Um, you know, loved his visit from from what I've been told. So I think the Ducks are are in a great spot there. Um, I haven't I haven't talked to him, so I don't want to go as far as saying that I think that uh, Oregon's the the favorite for Nico right now. That was one of the questions that we got from Jake. Um, do you think Oregon's the favorite for Nico? I, I don't know if I'd say the favorite, but getting him on campus right before the uh, dead period is absolutely huge um, because you know we're seeing more and more these guys are committing early. Um, I think Notre Dame has the top class in 23 right now, and they have like eight guys. So um, even when Mario Cristobal was here, I said that the Ducks had the, in order for them to kind of get where they need to be, as far as national relevance, they need to ha- uh, be doing really well with the current class, which at the time was 2022, but also push ahead into 23. So I think that the Ducks are are in a good spot here with with Nico for sure. Um, maybe we can get some highlights from Nico up on the screen here. Uh, just give me a second so that we can kind of see the guy that we're talking about here. All right, let's see if this if this loads. Just give me a second here. Okay, so not everybody's huddle is, is super updated, but he's got a little four-minute clip here. So I'll, I'll go ahead and put it up here. So give me a second. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is big uh, – Probably one of the one of not the biggest targets for for Oregon right now in the 2023 class. Just seeing how they've um, you know they've brought in some good quarterbacks, but I think the discussion around the quarterback is really an interesting one because um, they really haven't gone with you know one of their own that they recruited um, since Justin Herbert was here, right? And I think that even that situation you, you can't give Oregon too much credit there because it was really just because Dakota Prukop, who was a transfer, really wasn't panning out. Uh, and Herbert had to come in in that Washington game. Talk about getting thrown into the fire. Um, that's definitely a, an ugly situation for the Ducks to find themselves in. But you look at uh, Nico here. He he really can do it all. He he's mobile in the pocket. He he has a rocket of an arm. He he can improvise. He can make all the throws. And uh, what a statement it would be for the Ducks to to get him on board early. Uh, I think that's another thing that's super important with the quarterback position when you're talking about the recruiting implications. We were talking with uh, just a couple minutes ago about Arch Manning and how important it is for the uh, for you know college football to see where he goes because I think he'll kind of be a um, a, uh, a recruiting domino of sorts. So this is big, obviously, because you want to get your quarterback. And also, if you look in the recent years uh, at you know top quarterbacks in Southern California. Uh, a lot of them aren't playing football uh, in the Pac-12 or even on the West Coast, right? You know, you look at JT Daniels, who went to modern day. He went to USC and then he got hurt, ended up at Georgia. I think he's in the transfer portal again now, which is interesting. Uh, but then you have Bryce Young, who was also at modern day. Now he's at Alabama after, uh, you know, formerly being committed to USC. Um, you know, DJU is over at Clemson now. So you just keep seeing a lot of these top quarterbacks from Southern California, which is a hotbed for uh, you know, elite quarterbacks and other skill positions, uh, you know, leaving the Pac-12 footprint. And I think if, if Oregon wants to get better, obviously, and uh, the Pac-12 wants to get better, you got to keep some of those guys close to home. So um, that's why it's big for the Trojans to have Malachi Nelson in the fold, as we uh, talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, but I know that, you know, with, with Nico, 
uh, the, the Nike connection is huge. Uh, I remember when uh, I, I wrote the story that uh, he was going to be visiting. Um, I think I saw someone either on, on here or on the forums or somewhere, um, you know, maybe on Ducks Digest or somewhere else that was saying, you know, you got to get this guy in an Ohana uniform like right now. And he did take some pictures in the Ohana uniforms, which was really cool. Um, I just feel like that's a, another example of such a unique touch that Oregon puts uh, on not only the recruiting process, but just, you know, the attention to detail, um, you know, with their uniforms. You know, some people want to knock Oregon and say that, you know, oh, you have a million uniform combinations out there in Eugene, but no national championships. I mean, you, if you're a Duck fan, you, you've heard all of the, you know, the, the slander in that regard. But if you're Oregon, how, how would you not utilize that? Why would you not leverage that to your advantage? Uh, I think that's a, a tremendous asset for Oregon. Um, you know, you got Kenny Farr over the, in the uh, equipment uh, room, you know, just helping make sure a lot of these visits go really well. I think his, his you know, part and role in, in the recruiting process is, is pretty underrated. Uh, and just making sure that all these guys, once they get to Oregon, um, you know, they, they stay dripped out in, in the best gear. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit more digging and, and kind of hear more about how this visit went, maybe talk to Nico. Um, I have a recent story up on Ducks Digest where, uh, um, you know, Sports Illustrated talked to him at uh, Battle Miami when he got to also take a recent visit out to uh, the University of Miami and, and hang out with Mario Cristobal and, and take in that campus in Coral Gables. So uh, there's going to be no shortage of, uh, you know, big time offers coming in for this guy and, and big time battles uh, for him as as a prospect. So he's definitely a guy that you got to keep an eye on if you're an Oregon fan. Getting back, you know, getting that Southern California pipeline churned in again is, is going to be huge. Uh, you know, the Ducks lost uh, Tetaro and McMillan out of uh, Servite in Anaheim last year. So definitely uh, want to, you know, be, be uh, going back to that pipeline. Uh, to to get some guys out of that uh, area in this 2023 class. So another guy I want to talk about is uh, Jaden Rashada because he's a, another quarterback that I think Duck fans should really have their eyes on in the recruiting process. He was another person that was uh, another player rather that was out here, uh, you know, not too long ago looking at uh, the Ducks, and uh, they're in a great spot. I mean, you, you talk about Kenny Dillingham being one of the new guys that uh, Dan Landing brought on to his staff. And um, he's going to be working with the quarterbacks as well. So he's going to be uh, really crucial in, in the recruitment of any quarterback. And, and when I was talking to Rashada after his trip, he, he really highlighted his relationships and, and time uh, with Kenny Dillingham. Just, you know, he, he was saying that he really liked getting on to, uh, you know, get on the chalkboard and, and talking football with him, which at the end of the day, you know, you got to be able to do as a recruit. Um, you know, you want to have a guy with a high football IQ um, at, at quarterback leading your offense. And, and Rashad is definitely one of those guys. He's got one of the smoothest throwing motions, I think, uh, out of, you know, any quarterback you'll find in the country. And, um, you know, he, he's definitely been, I don't know if linked is the right word, but there's definitely been that interest with Oregon for, for quite some time. I mean, look at just the, the way that he adjusts on the fly, the way he's able to move in the pocket and uh, still keep his eyes downfield, I think is, is so valuable. He's got the deep ball, which is something that has been lacking in this Oregon offense. Um, you know, you talk about the 2021 season, just how limited they were uh, by the play of Anthony Brown at quarterback. You know, he had a bunch of really great plays, but most of his good plays came with his legs, which, uh, you know, ultimately isn't something I think that you want in your in your quarterback. Right. You want a guy that can really dissect the defense and, and do his damage with his arm. Um, but another cool note about Rashada is uh, he was former teammates with Jay Butterfield, who's here at Oregon. So anytime you can have those uh, 
relationships. Recruiting is definitely, um, you know, a, a science of relationships. So I think that that's, that's uh, working in Oregon's favor to have a guy like that um, here. I know for Rashada, he uh, released his top 10 not too long ago. So let me see if I can pull that up and, um, you know, kind of list off some of the schools that we know to be involved with Rashada uh, at this point in his uh, recruiting process. All right, it's loading up here. So just hold on for a second and enjoy the highlights while I look this up. All right, so top 10 for Jaden Rashada dropped on Christmas Day last year. Uh, the schools that we have involved here, UCLA, Arkansas, Oregon State, Washington, Oregon, Auburn, Oklahoma, Arizona, Penn State, and Arizona State. Uh, I mean, Arizona has been doing really well in the, in, on the recruiting trail under Jed uh, Jed Fish. So I think they're kind of someone to watch, maybe not for Rashada, but just in general. Um, and, you know, some, I think, uh, you know, some, some of my sources told me that we might see Alabama hop in um, and, and throw an offer out uh, for Rashada. So, you know, that's another school that if Oregon wants to get Rashada, ultimately you're going to have to go up against the likes of Alabama um, potentially, right? You know, we see that offer uh, indeed materialize, but that's just kind of an, a note to keep an eye on here as uh, you know, the recruiting process, you know, turns the page onto the 2023 guys and you look at the the mobility that Rashada has and, and the way that he can extend plays and, and do damage with his legs is great. Uh, I think he's six, four, six, five, uh, you know, got that tall frame that you want from a quarterback and uh, he's just really fun to watch. I just think he's got a really smooth game and um, Pittsburgh, you know, we're talking about Pittsburgh and, you know, some other guys to watch uh, one of his teammates, Rashid Williams, uh, recently got an offer when uh, Kenny Dillingham and the Ducks stopped by his school. Dan Lanning was also at Pittsburgh, and that was the week following his visit to Oregon, right? And I think that you just want to get those guys, get as much face time as you can with those guys. And, and Oregon's staff has been absolutely relentless on the recruiting trail, just going out to, to see people, build those relationships with coaches, and obviously strengthen their relationships with recruits. Um, one last thing to add about Rashada, and then we can kind of move on from from quarterback right now. Um, he's a guy who, who wants to kind of move the recruiting process along a little bit. He was telling me that, uh, you know, Oregon's in a great spot to, to get an official visit from him. He wants to take his official visits, uh, in the spring. And, uh, he, it was important to him to, you know, kind of not get it over with, but take those official visits and then just get it going. Cause he knows how, how, uh, quarterbacks can kind of be the face of a, uh, of a class. And, you know, once you have that quarterback in place, then you can really, uh, you know, use, that to your advantage. Hey, we, if I'm Morgan, it's like we have a top quarterback uh, in Rashada or, or Nico, for example, who we were talking about. Um, you you uh, and you want to be able to say, hey, you want to catch touchdown passes from him. You know, you guys want to pursue a national championship with with this guy. Um, you know, kind of just more going off of how you know quarterbacks the such a, a big position of leadership uh, leadership. Excuse me. So Rashad is a baller, definitely one of the top guys on Oregon's board, without a doubt. Been on campus multiple times. He also came out. Um, you know, we had that recent official unofficial visit, uh, and then he came out for uh, one of the games in the fall. I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but when he came out, that's when he got offered. So it's good that the the new staff is uh, you know not wasted any time, and he's a uh, prior. They're prioritizing the quarterback spot. All right, we're gonna move on to running backs next. So uh, I'm gonna pull up some some film here. Um, and then we're gonna just move on to running back. All right, this name is going to be a familiar one. 
uh, for uh, Duck fans, especially if you've been following recruiting for a while now. Uh, we are talking about Roderick Robinson. He is uh, a running back in the 2023 class. There he is uh, in out of Lincoln High School in San Diego. Lincoln High School, obviously the home of two signees in Oregon's 2022 recruiting class. Now we should call it signing class because they have put the pen to the paper. That is uh, cornerbacks Jaleel Tucker and Jaleel Florence. And uh, Robinson's going to be a top back in the country without a doubt. Uh, you know, when you look at him, he, he's a, a bigger back. Uh, I think his hello profile listed him at 6'2", 220. And um, he was originally uh, born in South Carolina, I believe is what he told me when I last interviewed him. So, um, you know, he, he's he's got that, you know, SEC frame and he came over and uh, has done nothing but, you know, put on in San Diego, which is an area that I think doesn't get enough credit on the recruiting trail. You know, people want to talk about Southern California. They're so quick to, to latch on to Los Angeles. But uh, there's some really good talent in, in San Diego. And the Ducks have brought in recent running backs out of uh, Southern California, right? You know, a lot of them, really, you look at Travis Dye, who who has since transferred back, uh, transferred to USC, closer to home for his last year. You think about CJ Verdell from, uh, you know, Chula Vista. Um, let's see what else. You got Sean Dollars out of Modern Day. He also went to Rancho Cucamonga. So, um yeah, I mean, Southern California has been been a hotbed for sure for for the Ducks and finding their running backs. But he's so quick. Roderick Robinson's so quick for for his size, um, and he's getting better at catching passes out of the backfield. You know, this is a guy that you can definitely feel comfortable in blocking for the quarterback if if you put him in the back there. And he's really quick, uh, just you know, accelerating. I think that's another thing that that stands out to me as we watch his tape here um, on Huddle. Uh, so that's awesome. You, you definitely want to have some of that there. And um, I'm trying to think of some other schools that he's been out to see. I know that he was at Arizona recently. So just, I mean, I'm not trying to hype up Arizona too much, but there, there's definitely something that, that Jed Fish is doing right out there, um, out there in Tucson, you know, getting these guys excited and creating a lot of excitement around the program and bringing in some, some elite recruits and, um, you know, ultimately landing some. And, and I don't know how, how strong they're going to be next year per se. But I think when you look at their roster and how they've been able to add some big time players, they're going to, they're going to surprise some people and maybe win a couple of games that, that they weren't favored in. Uh, so definitely excited to see what kind of product they can put together there. Um, but yeah, as for, as for Robinson, you know, you got to figure if you're Oregon, you're in a good spot there. You know, you got former duck Achilles Smith, uh, I believe is on staff there at Lincoln and um, Robinson's only going to get better. So it's, it's really important that the Ducks are in uh, on a guy like Robinson early in the recruiting process because it's only going to help them more, hopefully get him back on campus. Like this is a guy that I could easily see, you know, you want to get him prioritized on campus for uh, the spring game, uh, which Dan Lanning told us this week is going to be um, on April 23rd. So if you want to look at the recruiting calendar, that's definitely going to be a big name for the Ducks to keep an eye on. All right, let me see what other... What other names that we want to talk about here uh, in the 2023 class? And uh, we'll just keep this thing rolling. Uh, the next guy that I want to talk about is Jaden Lemar. Uh, he's a guy from Lake Stevens High School out in Washington. Super, super fast guy. Uh, was recently on campus for a visit. So, you know, I think when you talk about guys that were here uh, on campus for visits, I think it just shows you that Oregon definitely has a good chance with them because we're seeing some of that mutual interest, right? You're seeing that they're getting out here and they want to take in uh, what Oregon has to has to offer. 
and um, you know another local guy out of Washington. So Washington's really on the rise, I think. Um, you know, especially in that kind of Seattle area. Uh, you look at uh, the FSP seven on seven and training program Ford Sports Performance. That they, they've got some some absolute ballers in this twenty twenty three class. Um, so since we're staying on offense, talking about the running backs, I know Lemar had a lot of good things to say about the Ducks when when he came out to visit. Um, you know, not too long ago. I'm going to see if I can actually pull up my uh, my interview with him, uh, and you know, give you guys a little bit a little bit more uh, insight into his recruitment and kind of what he's liking about Oregon. He's a five foot eleven, hundred eighty five pound running back, and uh, he's a super versatile guy. And uh, you know, the biggest thing for him was really just getting out to Eugene to to meet the new staff, and and he was talking about how he really liked meeting Dan Lanning. And, uh, you know, how, how awesome it was to, you know, have the young guys on this staff. He was saying that there's a lot of young guys, too. Uh, I love that. They can relate to me really well. Um, and that the, the staff did a good job of, of laying out, you know, their vision for the future of Oregon football and, and how they're going to get there. Uh, so Landing was a guy that he really enjoyed talking to. He said that, you know, when you're talking to him, it doesn't feel like you're talking to a superior. It feels like you're talking to a peer. And, uh, you know, just really making sure that you come off as genuine and you have those genuine interactions and you can talk to just have conversations with your head coach. That's, that's big for Lemar. Um, and then you, you look at Lachlan and he's the new, uh, new running backs coach here. And it was more of the same uh, reading some quotations from the story on ducks digest. He's kind of in that same boat. He puts everything straight to you. Uh, when he's saying something to you, you know, he, he means it with them. It's more of a feel thing with lock and coach Dan Landing. You always know, you can tell by the way they're speaking to you that they'd never lead you on. So, you know, the, the duck staff is, is already doing an awesome job. Uh, he's got, um, sorry, the duck staff is doing an awesome job with, with these recruits that are coming to campus. And obviously with Lemar, um, got some recent offers to, uh, you know, update you guys on. He, he got an offer from Louisville, Boston College and Cal recently. Um, but the family atmosphere is really what, uh, what is driving Oregon kind of up on his list. And um, as far as what's next for him on the recruiting trail, uh, he's a guy that's looking like he's uh, in a similar vein of Rashada trying to get those official visits set up. And uh, right now he's working on setting up an official to Notre Dame. And then it uh, looks like Oregon's going to get uh, one of those official visits too. So Ducks are really putting themselves in an awesome spot with some of these guys in 2023. Um, I really like how how tough Lemar runs. I think that's something that, that really stands out to me so, so uh, far watching his film. And um, I think he's going to be another guy to watch here. Got to be a priority target for the Ducks. Just seeing that he's he's already had an, a previous interest in Oregon. And I think this is, uh, you know, another guy you can kind of pick up where the previous staff under Mario Cristobal left off if, if I'm Dan Landing on this new staff. So, uh, you know, Lemar is just a, a bruiser for sure. Um, and he's, uh, you know, very, very quick. I'm trying to, to get a little bit more in, in depth on my analysis. So, um you know, just watch more film. You see all these guys literally just bouncing off of him as we're watching film here. And, and there's a, you don't have to, you know, look too much to, to see, look too far to see why he, he's a, you know, a baller. Um, let's see, who else do we want to talk about here? Um, I'm going to talk about, let's, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball and uh, talk about some guys there. And um, I'm going to get some tea after this. So once I get these highlights pulled up, we will move on. How's everybody doing? Uh, hopefully everyone in the chat is, is having a good day. Um, kind of sun's almost a little bit starting to set here in Eugene. Beautiful day. Got to take a run, uh, which is awesome. Just get outside, get some of that fresh air. 
uh, went to a local school out here. Uh, I live pretty close to campus, so it was it was nice to just kind of get out there and hang out. All right, um, Gerard, thanks for for stopping by. I see you in the chat. Um, this is actually something I meant to hit on earlier. So before we get on the next guy, let's um, let's talk about this. Uh, this was a 2023 story until this morning. Thoughts on five-star Lebus Overton reclassifying to 2022 and listing us in his top five. So I'll go ahead and share my screen here so you guys can see who we're talking about. So here's a, here's the, the news. Um, five-star defensive lineman Lebus Overton from Milton High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, looks like he's going to be reclassifying uh, from the 2023 to the 2022 recruiting class. Um, I think that, you know, this is this is definitely a significant development for Oregon. Uh, you look at the, the, the teams that they're going to be going against. Um, yeah, Christopher, we're, we're hitting on that right now with, with Levis. Um, so hopefully we can uh, hopefully this is a guy that that Oregon can kind of get, um, you know, obviously is in the mix for. Right. Um, but you're going up against the likes of Georgia. So you're going to have that in-state presence uh, to go against Oklahoma, Texas A&M and Ohio State. Um, I feel like, again, this is this, a lot of this has to be the Dan Lanning factor. You know, you look, this has got a guy that Lanning, I'm assuming probably recruited, um, while he was at Georgia. I can't say that for a fact. Um, but seeing that he's a top, top in-state guy, there's no doubt that, that he was probably involved with him at some point before he came over to Oregon. Um, and I think the fact that he's at along the defensive line is, is awesome, um, if you look at Oregon's roster, I don't think that there's necessarily, I feel pretty good about the defensive line right now, especially along the interior uh, for Oregon, but um, there's definitely that need at edge rusher, right? And um, at six, four and a half, 265 pounds, I, I think that, um, you know, Overton could, could be a guy that the Ducks could potentially use in that kind of a, a capacity. Um, so let me see if I can get some highlights on him and then kind of give some more give some more thoughts uh, as to, you know, what it means for Oregon and uh, where, where maybe the ducks, um, where they stand. Let's see here. Just want to give some insight and kind of uh, give, give some thoughts on, on uh, what kind of a guy we're looking at here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Um, this is okay. There's this one's three minutes. Some of these guys don't post like super uh, in-depth ones for like the whole season. 
So just try to find a longer video so I don't have to hop back and forth. But man, you see the class that, that Texas A&M is building here in 2022. It is absolutely insane. I think it's going to go down as the, the top signing class ever. Um, and I, I think that's obviously notable. You think about guys like Shamar Stewart committing to Texas A&M yesterday, uh, Anai White, uh, another guy out of the Philadelphia area. Uh, Oregon was was after him. You see uh, here on the on the tape how Overton's just overpowering the offensive line um, and, and getting to the quarterback there for that sack. Um, and then Georgia. I mean, you, you can't count Georgia out for any top in-state guy, right? You know, and the Ducks would love to get uh, a guy like this out of the state of Georgia and over Georgia after they just got Jordan James yesterday, flipping his commitment from Georgia to Oregon. Uh, that was obviously huge, and I think after yesterday, it's it's hard to deny. It's almost impossible to deny that the Ducks are are hot in the recruiting trail. You know, this would be uh, a massive get for Oregon because of the the need for a guy that can rush the passer uh, along the defensive line after after Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, headed off to the NFL draft. And that's not a guy that you can typically find in the transfer portal, right? If you're looking for an edge rusher and I think with, with Overton's size, maybe he doesn't fit so much that traditional edge rusher, but you can clearly see that this guy can get to the quarterback and, and cause some disruption in the backfield. Uh, so Georgia, you know, it's I'm sure they're going to give him that pitch. You know, this is uh, you're an in-state guy, come play for the the home state school. They just won a national championship, and there's no better recruiting tool or recruiting pitch than winning. Uh, so I think that's super notable. Oklahoma with Brent Venables coming over from Clemson. Uh, I think he's obviously, you know, one of the one of the smartest defensive minds in all of college football, and and Oklahoma's off to uh, a very a very good start uh, under Brent Venables on the recruiting trail as well. Uh, I already talked about Texas A and M, so um, I think the the last the last uh, school to talk about as far as the competition that the Ducks find themselves going up against uh, is Ohio State. Um, you know, on the 247 sports uh, rankings, they finished with the number four class in the 2022 rankings, number one class in the Big Ten with an average rating of 0.9395. Kind of just getting to know a little bit of their class some more here. They do already have, you know, two top tier edge rushers or edge guys with Kenyatta Jackson out of Chaminade, Madonna Prep in Florida. And then you also have Amari Abor out of Duncanville, you know. Cameron Williams at Duncanville. That's a name I'm sure Duck fans know. But this is a huge, huge target for the Ducks. And, and maybe this is why um, maybe we didn't see them. Uh, you know, maybe this is a guy that they've been working on. I think with Marion Winston uh, joining the fold yesterday, I think that uh, he, he's a guy with a lot of potential. Sure, I don't know if I see him as a, an instant impact kind of guy or someone who's going to be playing super early for the Ducks. But I think... Uh, that he, he's a guy that can help you kind of shore up the depth there at that edge spot. But man, I mean, he just, is he really running in, running this in out of the wildcat? I mean, let me run that back for a second. That was absolutely insane. I think, yeah, look at this. If you, if you're recruiting a defensive lineman that's running plays out of the wildcat, that just gives you the sense of the kind of athleticism that Oregon is looking at here and, and coveting. Um, so I think really to, to give my thoughts here that you see him hit, hit his little dance after the touchdown, um, I think my kind of thoughts, uh, again, I, I'm, I don't have any intel on him specifically. Um, you know, this is a guy that Oregon would obviously love to get. It would be a huge statement for Dan Lanning and, and his new staff. But, um, you know, I think that, that George is probably viewed as one of the favorites here, Gerard, in response to your question. Um, and then, 
uh, you know, plenty of top tier schools that the, that the Ducks are going up against. So we'll definitely be an interesting guy to follow uh, in the recruiting process now. So another guy that I wanted to talk about here um, is five-star defensive lineman uh, Jaden Wayne out of Lincoln High School in uh, Tacoma, Washington. You know, this is a name that it's kind of, for me, it feels like we've, the Oregon fans have known about him for forever, right? It's it's a local guy out of Washington, big, big time talent. He's been to Eugene, like it, I want to say at least five times at this point. So, you know, Oregon's right there on his radar. Um, you know, I've talked to him multiple times throughout the recruiting process and uh, he recently dropped the top school list. So let me, let me pull that up so I can uh, rattle those schools off for you. We, so we know who Oregon's going against uh, in his recruitment. Let's see. Okay, so Jaden Wayne, a five-star defensive end in the 2023 class, is down to 11 schools. Uh, this tweet coming from uh, on January 26th. A lot of really elite programs in the mix here for, for Wayne. Um, starting off with Georgia. We got Georgia, Auburn, Michigan State, Texas, USC, Washington, Alabama, Miami, Florida, LSU, and the Oregon Ducks. So I think that the Ducks definitely have a great chance to, to get Wayne in the fold just on the fact that they've had him on campus so many times, right? I think that's definitely always going to be a factor, you know, seeing that um, geography is finally on Oregon's side for once. It feels like that's almost never the case, right? If you followed recruiting, uh, you know that uh, that's not always the case for, for the Ducks when they're trying to get, you know, these elite playmakers in town. So I'm pulling up my story that I, I wrote on his recruitment. Um, you know, obviously we talked about uh, edge rusher and uh, how that was a need for Oregon on the recruiting trail. You know, definitely running out of time to, you know, fill that uh, void um, in, in 2022. But there, you know, obviously is still a little bit of time before, uh, you know, summer. And we even saw last year with JT2 and Malowau, uh how long he dried out the process. But I think when you have a guy that's close close to Eugene, you got to try to do everything in your power to get him. You know how big of a get this would be for Oregon, especially uh, under Dan Lanning. Um, I mean, just having another, a, a huge defensive recruit for, for Oregon to, um, you know, build its defense around, right? You know, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about, but this is probably your last year with Noah Sewell, who's kind of the face, of, he's going to be the face of the defense, I feel like, heading into 2022, him along with Justin Flo. Uh, you know, hopefully that guy can stay healthy and we can we can see him, uh, you know, play him with Sewell. And um, with, with Jaden Wayne, you know, you see the, the impact that he has off the edge, uh, able to impact the game in the run game and the pass game. Uh, and then he's getting a lot of uh, snaps at, at receiver uh, here when he's playing on offense. And I think that's one of the really fun parts about high school football is so many guys play on both sides of the ball. Um, so you just get to see their athleticism, uh, you know, use that much more. Um, and I think it, it gives you a good idea of how quick he is. The fact that he's playing wide receiver and he's able to make plays in space, uh, go up and, and grab the ball. You know, they are using him on a lot of screen plays here. Um, you know, just trying to say, you know, go up and get it. So, um, I don't think that too many schools are probably looking to, to have him on the offensive side of the ball, but you know, you, I, you heard those schools that I, I rattled off. And um, there's no shortage of competition for the Ducks. I know that he was recently in Miami. Um, obviously, you see, again, Mario Cristobal built that relationship up at Oregon, and, and he's using that to his advantage, getting Wayne all the way across the country to come in for a visit. Um, and then I think uh, Alabama was also another school that was involved. Um, and uh, I know North Carolina is another school that he's trying to get out to. That was actually why he came to visit Oregon 
uh, because his uh, flights to North Carolina got canceled. But to just give you guys a better idea of kind of uh, what he's liking about um, about the Ducks, uh, I think what what really impressed him was the staff that he was able to meet here. And uh, Tosh Lapoy was one of them that that really stood out. Uh, when I was asking him what stood what stood out the most, he he said the coaching staff, uh, the DC Tosh Lapoy, and me talked a lot about football. And uh, this you know with Lapoy being the defense, one of the he's the defensive uh, coordinator, uh, and then you also have Tony Tuioti coming over from Nebraska to coach the defensive line. You know, those are two guys that are definitely going to be uh, involved for Oregon with their recruiting, their recruitment rather of Wayne. And then you also look at, um, who am I trying to say here? At, at Dan Lanning, obviously, you know, how is the head guy not going to be involved? I think that's another point to, that we can make here is that uh, Oregon, I think one of, that was one of the things that made, Mario Cristobal so successful is that he was personally involved in so many recruitments, especially on the visits. Uh, I think when these guys got out here and, and they got a bunch of FaceTime with a variety of Oregon coaches. So I think that that's something that Dan Lanning can really do is, uh, you know, be involved personally in this recruitment. And I know that, um, you know, we're seeing Dan Lanning in commitment videos and, and photo shoots. So um, I think that he's definitely already intent on, on you know, carrying that part, uh, of the recruitment through. So I know that Wayne was saying that he's probably going to come back for a, another visit. I'm trying to see, uh, see when, um, it looks, it looks like they're going to be doing that. Um, let me see here. So he had a lot of good things to say about Dan Lanning. Um, and this was kind of a cool, a cool question. I was like, why is Oregon, you know, a legitimate contender for you? And he said, I can represent a big brand like Nike. I can be around teammates and coaches that want to win a natty. I feel really good about the coaches. So um, again, really another important recruit for, for the Ducks to get on campus early. And then um, uh, let's see what else. Um, when I talked to him, he said he was going to go visit USC uh, as well as Washington being the local school. Um, so, you know, that'd be a big, a big guy for the Huskies to get with how dreadful their recruiting has been uh, of late. I mean, that's just what it is. They, they just have been doing terrible on the recruiting trail. Um, so that's, uh, that's what I have to say about uh, Jaden Wayne. And while we are already at 45 minutes about, but um, there's another big name that I want to talk about that was also on campus recently. So I'll pull up his highlights and we'll just keep rolling on. If you guys are watching here on YouTube, thank you guys so much for stopping on by. Um, looking at some of the comments here real quick. Uh, Mikey G said he's doing awesome after yesterday. Duck Nation has a lot to be happy about. Man, that's true. I think giving those, getting those former commits back in the fold, flipping the uh, flipping Jordan James is, is definitely a lot to be excited about. Dave Uly might very well have the coolest commitment video of the guys that uh, committed yesterday or just have committed to Oregon. Really liked those. Um, Chunky Monkey, what's going on? He's a you're a regular here. Thanks for stopping by. Chunky Monkey says I'm super excited, especially after Oregon's National Signing Day show yesterday. I watched it several times. I totally agree. If you guys haven't watched that, go over to the Go Ducks YouTube channel. Uh, Joey Mack did a great job uh, interviewing everybody on uh, Oregon's coaching staff. Uh, you got to meet, you know, Carlos Lachlan, Junior Adams. Um, who else did we we get to talk to? Tony Tuioti, Demetrius Martin, Coach Meat. You see him with all the yees over on uh, Twitter is kind of his thing. So uh, that was really cool. Um, let's see what we have here. Uh, Breezy says, landing hitting the haka was gold. Uh, that That's referring to uh, Dave Uly's commitment video. 
Um, I know I retweeted that uh, yesterday on my timeline somewhere. So if you guys are looking for that, you can find it on my Twitter, uh, my Twitter page. Gerard says, don't forget to say program. Uh, thank you for, for the reminder, Gerard. We are a program podcast here uh, at the Ducks Dish podcast. Uh, now that Dan Lanning is the new leader of Oregon football. Uh, but with all of that being said, let's see if I can, um, if I can find the highlights for our next guy. Here we go. Give me a second here. All right. All right. Next, next guy I talk about is St. John Bosco, tight end, defensive end, Mateo Uyunglele. Um, and I think the the biggest thing to know about Mateo, I, I got to see him in person when I went out to St. John Bosco during the summer last year. Uh, that was when I was down for uh, Pactual Media Day. And uh, just to see this guy in person w- was crazy. He really looks like a man amongst boys uh, when it comes to the high school scene. Really, really elite athleticism. You see the difference he can make, uh, you know, as a pass catcher on offense. Just get the ball in this guy's hand, and he's super tough to bring down. Um, and I think that the development to, to look at for him is that uh, I think his dad tweeted the other day that he's going to be focusing uh, on defensive line, defensive end in particular. Uh, I think his updated measurables are, are 6'6", 270. Um, so this is a, a guy that, that Oregon definitely wants to get, um, you know, similar to a lot of the guys that we've talked about, right? You know, there's there's no shortage of elite guys, elite programs going after him. Uh, I know just because uh, his brother DJ's at Clemson, a lot of people kind of just want to gravitate towards Clemson. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it makes sense. You know, you look at how well Oregon's capitalized on the brother connection, uh, in, in recent years and recent recruiting cycles, but during DJ's recruiting process, you know, Mateo was able to, to go on a lot of these visits. So he's already been to a lot of, you know, really talented schools. Uh, you look at Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, um, he, he's seen a lot of them. So, um, the good thing for Oregon though, is that they were able to get him on campus last weekend to close up the month of January. So I think that's huge. He was at USC, uh, on Saturday before he got out to Oregon. Uh, but this is another guy we, we got to see a picture that his dad tweeted of him in the Ohana uniforms. But look at this guy. I mean, he's just an absolute beast in the trenches. Uh, you know, gets, gets the hit on the quarterback, which is great. Um, you know, he's going to be able to, to impact the game and, and the defending the run and, um, and the pass. You look at this, I, I believe that might have been Mason Graham that he, that he just went against, who's a, a Michigan commit. Uh, or signee. Um, let's see. So yeah, that's that's kind of what we have to to say on on Mateo. Um, and I, I think with with the trenches being such a priority, I think the Ducks are doing a great job of getting some of those biggest name those big names on campus. Um, so those are some of the defensive line recruits to watch. We we talked about um, Overton and, and how he's looking like uh, you know someone the Ducks are, are obviously going to go after. Uh, seeing that he listed them in his top five, you guys think that there's there's some kind of a mutual interest there, right? And uh, maybe that's the Dan Lanning factor, and, and we see this being the, the first really big recruit on defense that the Ducks are able to get. I mean, can we talk about that for a second? I mean, how was anybody expecting uh, Dan Lanning's uh, flip from Georgia to, to be a running back? I thought that was pretty interesting. He talked about how that his previous relationship with Jordan James obviously played a factor, as well as Carlos Lachlan. 
Um, really enjoyed what he had to say during the National Signing Day show yesterday. And um, we're rolling right along. Um, we're going to be in here for about 10 more minutes. So if you guys have some questions, definitely feel free to throw them my way. Um, and I want to talk about uh, another another big target for the Ducks here. So I think receiver is undoubtedly a question of need for the Ducks after all the attrition that they saw last year. Uh, you, know, you look at Micah Pittman transferring to Florida State and um, Johnny Johnson the third and Jalen Red uh, getting season-ending injuries and then um, ultimately, obviously, moving on from the program since they don't have any more eligibility. You might be asking yourself, who are we looking at highlights of? And that is wide receiver Jurion Dickey out of uh, Valley Christian High School in San Jose, California. Uh, Jurion's originally from East Palo Alto, where the Ducks uh, have uh, Troy Franklin, who's also from East Palo Alto. So I think, you know, you have that connection. He was another guy that was recently on campus uh, for a visit. And I have a, a write-up if you guys want to go read it. Uh, over on Ducks Digest, he's talking about how how great his relationship is with with Junior Adams, the new wide receivers coach for Oregon, who's uh, originally from Fremont. So another Bay Area guy. You just got to think about those connections and and how that could help the Ducks down the line in the recruiting trail. Uh, I first saw Jurion at the uh, opening in Elite Eleven last summer, and I was just absolutely blown away by the plays that he was able to make. He's he's super fast. And um, I, I didn't even know about him until I saw him making plays and I had to look him up and he was a 2023 guy and he can really do it all. Um, he's physical, he's fast, he's quick. Um, he can go up and, and make those big catches. So I think that he's got to be one of the, the priorities for the Ducks on the recruiting trail in, in 2023. Um, let me see what else I can find out about, about Jury on here because he's definitely uh, one to watch for the Ducks on the recruiting trail. All right, so let me see some of the other top wide receivers in uh, in California, some of the top players in California, because uh, when all is said and done, I think Dickie's definitely going to be one of the top guys to watch on the on the West Coast. Um, you know, another wide receiver that we could talk about is, is DeAndre Moore from Los Alamitos. Uh, he's teammates with Malachi Nelson recently uh, reopened his recruitment from Oklahoma. So we'll see if the Ducks can get involved there. I know they were one of his finalists as, uh, you know, we were looking at um, – before he committed, I should say, uh, the first time in the recruiting process. All right. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to talk about Jonte Cook. I thought, you know, he was a, a really uh, intriguing prospect to watch. He's at DeSoto High School out in uh, the Dallas area in Texas. I got to watch him uh, when I went out to uh, cover some high school football in Texas. But I think Brian McClendon leaving uh, makes that a little bit harder for the Ducks to get in there. But um, as far as Drew on Dickey goes, you see him making plays there on defense as well. And he adds added return added value in the return game. He's actually going up against my high school uh, in this clip right here. So shout out to, to anyone, uh, you know, watching. Uh, that's from San Jose. Go Bells. Class of 16. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that you have the connection with, with uh, Junior Adams, obviously, talking about how – um, how he has a really strong relationship. Uh, Dickie talking about how he has a really strong relationship with Junior Adams. That's got to be big. Um, I think also you look at some of the other factors uh, with, with Jurion. He, he really likes uh, fishing in the outdoors. And he posted a picture uh, after he came on his Oregon visit saying, you know, anytime I go somewhere, I got to fish. Uh, so he's definitely got that in Eugene. The, the Nike brand is obviously huge. 
And I think that it'd be great for the Ducks to get back in the Bay Area after getting uh, Troy Franklin, who I obviously just talked about. Um, we're going to see if he can make a big impact this year with with the youth needing to uh, you know step up at wide receiver. I, I do. I am curious to kind of get some of your guys' thoughts on um, you know the the wide receiver group that Oregon has in place right now because I think that was that was so interesting that we didn't see Oregon get a uh, wide receiver. Um, we haven't seen them get a wide receiver, I should say, since Dan Landing got hired. Um, just got to plug in my laptop here. Um, because you know that there's there's wide receivers, you know, whether it be in the 2022 class, uh, in the prep ranks, or in uh, the transfer portal. I, I feel like I feel like they there's got to be guys that have been coming to Oregon that that wanted to play, but the staff maybe ultimately had to turn them down. I don't know that for a fact, but that's just kind of what I'm thinking is going on with the situation. You know, I wasn't surprised when we saw Yuli, um, Winston, and James commit yesterday, but that was kind of the uh, the left field or the splash of the surprise that I think that they, that I was kind of uh, keeping an eye out for was if they were going to be able to add a big name wide receiver. You talk about Arliss Boardingham. He's obviously still uh, on the board and, and, and the ducks are in play for him. So I, I think with, with jury on Dickey here, it's, it's definitely um, definitely someone to, to watch for, for Oregon here. And then we talked about, um, DeAndre Moore being a, a big guy to keep an eye out, a big target that the Ducks could find themselves going after. I'm trying to see who else um, to talk about here. Oh, yeah, Rashid Williams out of Pittsburgh. Um, we talked a little bit about him earlier in the pod when we were talking about Jaden Rashada. That's one of his teammates at at Pitt, at Pittsburgh. I think another guy to, to keep an eye on is Jaden Greathouse. Maybe we can talk about him as uh, one of our – one of our last guys here on the the pod. Um, let's see. I'm gonna get off of that. We got a question from uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew asks, "Would Bordyham play receiver because of how bad the Ducks need depth?" Yeah, from I mean, from what I was talking to him uh, before, uh, I talked to him uh, a while ago. He was saying that uh, Dillingham was kind of laying out the plan for him uh, as far as you know if he were to be a Duck. And, and that would be kind of a flex type of a role, right? It's a, a combination of, of wide receiver and tight end, um, which is really awesome to, to think about when you just look at how athletic of a prospect Boardingham is. He can really, uh, you know, he plays linebacker and receiver. Like what kind of a combination is that? Who does that? Um, I think that kind of speaks to, you know, the type of level of athlete like we saw with, um, with Jaden Wayne. Uh, him playing on the defensive line and then also playing wide receiver. I think that's, that's big. Um, just kind of getting that those elite athletes. So I think that the ducks probably would want to have boarding at, at receiver a little bit. Um, also, I think if I'm working, I really feel comfortable uh, about my depth at tight end, right? You see uh, the two freshmen from last year in uh, Terrence Ferguson and uh, Malika Montevall. I think Ferguson was a little bit more utilized in the passing game than Montevall was, but Montevall came up with some big plays throughout the year. You think about his uh, touchdown catch against Ohio State out there in Columbus. That was big. Spencer Webb is coming back, uh, I believe, for, for next season. And then uh, I think Kim McCormick's coming back again, too. So definitely a guy that you hope can stay healthy. And uh, Patrick Herbert as well. Uh, you know, he's been battling some knee injuries. And, and he looked, before he got hurt, he looked like he was really putting it all together. And, and he could have been um, could have been uh, a playmaker for, for the Ducks. This is a, a question or a comment that I saw. Um, I saw lately. 
uh, in the chat, just asking about uh, about Harbaugh. Um, this question from Christopher, any word on bringing Clemens home if Harbaugh is leaving? I think the latest development that we have on Harbaugh is that he's staying uh, at Michigan. That was obviously a, a really interesting development, seeing that uh, he, he interviewed on National Signing Day um, with the Vikings. I thought that was that was definitely a head scratcher. And um, I, that was immediately one of my thoughts, right? It was, okay, if I'm Oregon, you know, who are some guys from that Michigan recruiting class that I could potentially go after if they, uh, you know, choose, choose to transfer or uh, opt out of their, you know, get release, get a release uh, granted by the NCAA for their uh, national letter of intent. I shouldn't have said opted out, but Darius Clemens was easily one of the first guys that I thought about uh, seeing that the Ducks were in such a great spot to get him. I think uh, I don't. I could confidently say that if Cristobal and McClendon didn't leave, uh, I think he, he would have been a duck. But the uncertainty around McClendon, um, we didn't get an answer about that until after the Alamo Bowl. And um, you got to think that Clemens was a guy who signed early, enrolled early, and uh, that that was that was tough for the Ducks to you know do anything there because they just they didn't have their staff in place, and, and there was almost there was only so much that they could do. Um, Andrew says Clemens will be back in a couple years when Harbaugh does leave. Till then, Hudson, Franklin, Thornton, and Brevard will do nicely. Yeah, I mean the, the young guys uh, for sure are are some uh, are a reason to be excited about next year. Obviously, going to have to see. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if, if since Harbaugh's coming back, I, I'm not sure how realistic it is to uh, you know talk about Darius Clemens coming over here. But uh, who knows? Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. And then I was, I was also thinking just talking about, you know, Michigan, I was thinking about Zeke Barry being a guy that the ducks would love to get, but um, you know, the way that Michigan uses their safeties, I know that, that was super appealing to him uh, in his recruiting process. And um, I think Oregon wanted to use him at corner. So uh, just, you know, the fact that he wants to be a true safety, I think is big. He's from the Bay area. So I'm definitely going to be rooting for that guy. And yeah, Bre- breezy also talking about the uh, wide receivers. Uh, don't forget Crocker. Isaiah Crocker was a guy that flashed late. Uh, I think he was from the class of 2018. He came in with Spencer Webb out of Northern California. Uh, he was making some plays late in the season for sure. Uh, and the Alamo bowl as well, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's another piece of wide receiver. I think Josh Delgado is another one to watch. I mean, we, we, I don't even think we saw him at all last year. Uh, so I'm not sure kind of what his status is. Uh, right now, hopefully, if he's still here, maybe that's a guy that we can see get involved for the Ducks next year. Lance Wilhoyt was another guy, another recruit uh, that came in in the 2019 class, I believe, but really haven't seen him play too much. Um, let's see. Uh, Gary, we need a running uh, running back in QB next year. Breakdown: Who to watch? The Ducks are going after. If you go back uh, once, you know, once this uh, live stream ends, it'll just be a video on my channel. Uh, we talked about some of the big names to watch at quarterback and running back for the Ducks in 23. So uh, we covered that um, just but since we're winding down here. Just wanted to let you know where you can find that. Appreciate you being here, Gary. Uh, let's see. Billy's question. Uh, do you think Bo Nix will be the starter week one or do you think we see a newer face? I think Bo Nix won't be the starter. Curious for your answer. Yeah, I mean, this is this is no doubt the the biggest question for the Ducks in the off season, right? After you bring in Bo Nix, a lot of people want, uh, you know, we're asking for one of the freshmen to uh, get a shot. You know, mainly Ty Thompson is is someone that a lot of fans want to see get a shot with him being the highest rated quarterback the program's ever signed. Um, you know, I don't, I think 
you don't want to put too much emphasis on that because, you know, just because you're highly rated doesn't always mean that it works out. But from what I've seen from Ty, he, he looks incredibly talented. Uh, the, the thing that I like the most about Ty is probably his poise and his, uh, you know, ability to move in the pocket. Um, so I think it, it makes a lot of sense uh, to, you know, predict that Bo Nix would maybe be the starter uh, in week one, especially when you're going up against Georgia. But I think I want to wait to, to see these guys in spring football before I, you know, make a little bit more of an informed decision there. Uh, I think for Oregon, I can just, you know, tell you this. I, I think that sooner or later they're, they're going to have to give their uh, high school quarterbacks, um, you know, the guys they recruited out of high school a shot because it's, I think just on the outside, it's not the best look that you keep turning to uh, you can't keep turning to transfers, uh, you know, each year. Cause I think the the more that you turn to transfers, I think it, it, it probably is turning off some of the high school recruits that, that you're looking at. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily what's happening right now, but I, I think that if you, if you just keep bringing in transfers, uh, you, you know, you kind of wonder from the outside, when are they going to give one of the high school guys they recruited a shot? Um, so I already talked about Ty. I think he's really gifted and I'd love to see him get a shot. Jay Butterfield might have the the best deep ball on the team. You know, he has a really smooth motion. Uh, I wonder what people, you know, think uh, just because he's not, you know, as much of that, uh, you know, modern quarterback with um, because we're seeing so many quarterbacks these days, you know, run a lot and uh, extend plays there. But just because you're not super fast or quick doesn't mean you can't extend some plays. And I know that uh, some of his teammates that we were talking to last season had some praise and were basically saying just along that line, right. You know, he might not be the fastest guy like AB or, or Ty or Robbie, you know, how athletic Robbie Ashford was, but he can still extend plays and, and scoot around when he needs to. So, uh, that'll definitely be a question that we're talking about a whole bunch going into next year. Um, let's see. Um, Gary asks, where will DJ Johnson line up next year? I mean, we're waiting to, I guess we're still waiting for an official answer there, but given all the depth that you have at tight end and that you need an edge rusher, uh, I think that, uh, I think that you got to, got to have DJ Johnson along the uh, defensive line, right? You know, that guy's super gifted, played defensive line at Miami when he originally came out of high school, played a little bit uh, on both sides this year, which is something that you don't see super often, um, you know, in college football. But I think that with, if you bring in Lanning, I feel like that's got to be one of the guys he's most excited to work with is DJ Johnson on that defensive line next year. Um, so I, I, w- I would say that you gotta you got to have DJ Johnson along the defensive line. If I'm Dan Lanning next year, uh, look, looking at um, looking at kind of what's going on. Uh, Playboy's question is: You think we have a good chance of getting Nicholas uh, Iamaliava, the five-star QB? Yep, I definitely think that. Uh, I think they have a really good chance for sure. Um, I don't want to go ahead and put a prediction in or anything because I, I definitely want to talk to some more sources. Maybe talk to Nico himself. But I think getting him on campus that that visit went really well from what we've been able to see. So uh, that's that's uh, definitely big for the staff to, to do, you know, early on in the 23 cycle, Steve, thanks for the comment. Lenny is excited to see the Yachtson crowd and the Oregon fans are ready to bring it go ducks. Yeah. I mean, if you saw him at that basketball game, the, the Oregon state game, when he kind of laid out that, that speech at halftime, you could tell all the fans in attendance were super fired up. Um, and, and, uh, they're fully bought in. I think I said this yesterday on the live stream, I think what's just so cool about Dan Lanning and the way that he's approached this job is he's just really bought in, right? He's bought into everything that makes Oregon fun, that makes Oregon exciting, that makes Oregon unique. 
Uh, you see him wearing the the nice uh, the nice Jordans and the nice Nikes on these visits. So he's buying into the Nike brand. Uh, and how could you not? Um, and he's uh, doing hakas with with Dave Yuli on the official visit. He's bringing that energy. That's one of the biggest carryovers that we're seeing from the old staff to the new staff is they still have that energy and that, you know, they're, they're being, uh, they're being genuine so that they're uh, being, they're being raved about for sure. And the ducks are off to a great start on the recruiting trail with this new staff. Ducks zone 503, AKA Dominic, what's going on, man? Uh, hope you're doing well. Thanks for stopping by to talk some ducks with us. We're, we're just winding down a little bit. Um, so just wanted to make sure I said what's up. Appreciate you coming by and appreciate the support. Um, let's see. Andrew's question, does the new OC stick around for a few years or one good year and out? Um, man, I mean, I don't want to speculate on, on you know, coaches and, and them being on the move, especially because it's a new a new staff. But what I can tell you about Dillingham, you know, that's that's his name, Kenny Dillingham. Um, you know, he's had success, I feel like, at, at you know, each of his stops. Um, I don't think that I think the Florida State quarterbacks were a little bit banged up last year. So it's a little hard to evaluate that too much. But during the um, the signing day event yesterday, he was talking about how when he was growing up watching Oregon, the thing that he loved about Oregon is it wasn't asked, excuse me, it wasn't asked um, how, like it was Oregon going to score. It was how much Oregon was, was Oregon going to score. So he's really fired up to, to really revamp this Oregon offense and, um, you know, be a fast paced offense and kind of a pro style offense. So I think that that's something to be excited for, uh, for sure. And um, you can tell that he's super passionate about the Ducks. And, and this is definitely a job that I think he, he couldn't turn down just because of, of the love that he had for the Ducks and the admiration he had for the Ducks from afar after, after uh, hearing that. So I think that uh, Dillingham is, is definitely, you know, locked in with the Ducks, uh, certainly for this next season. Like I said, I don't want to speculate on, on you know any kind of moves coming up down the line, but uh, really, really good to hear him. Uh, you know, talk about being fired up and, and his passion for the Ducks even before he got here uh, as a head, as an offensive coordinator. Breezy, thanks for the question. Do you know if Nico's visit was an official or unofficial? And if it wasn't official, do we get another one later this year? Um, I think right now, I don't think the 2023s can take official visits just yet. I think those open up in the spring. Um, so from what I know, it's an unof- it was an unofficial visit. Um and, you know, as far as official visits, you know, each prospect is allotted five official visits. And the only way you can get an extra official visit with a school is if uh, the staff changes um, and, you know, the head or the head coach leaves. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of the deal that we saw with Oregon. Right. That's I think that's a big part of, of why they were able to get, you know, some of these former commits back in the fold. Right. You saw a Marion Winston. Uh, you saw Dave Yuley come back for official visits uh, under the new staff. Um, so yeah, just five official visits, uh, for these recruits, unless, uh, there's, you know, some major coaching change, like the head coach leaves. Um, so that's, uh, that's definitely, um, a guy to keep an eye on Gary asking, do we have a shot at Mateo Uyunglele edge out of California? I think that the Ducks definitely have a shot there. Uh, I talked about him earlier in the video, so definitely go back, uh, once this live ends and, and check in, check out what we had to say about him. But uh, just as we kind of wind down here, I think getting him on campus before the dead period was huge and uh, got him got him on campus after he was at USC. And, uh, you know, based on, you know, what his dad was posting, it looks like the, the visit went really well. 
Um, I think that if I'm the Oregon staff, you know, you, you obviously know what happened with his brother, DJ, how the staff is all in, but they weren't able to get the job done and get him. So with the need at edge rusher and um, just winning the point of attack on defense, especially the defensive line, man, Uyunglele uh, Mateo would be a huge, uh, Mateo, you would be a huge, huge addition uh, for this 2023 class. All right, guys, that's all I have for this episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Really enjoyed getting to answer your guys' questions and comments uh, today. If you're watching on the live stream, do me a big favor and go ahead and hit that subscribe button, smash the like button, and uh, also go ahead and hit that, uh, that notification bell so that you guys don't miss out when I go live in the future. Um, this is a little bit earlier today than we've been doing in the past uh, couple days. I, I got a birthday dinner to catch with one of my buddies, so had to make sure I, I go out and, and um, you know celebrate his birthday with him. Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in and make sure to lock in with us on the other social media platforms. You can see on your screen, I'm on Twitter at mTaurus Sports. We're at Ducks Digest on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then uh, you can also find us uh, on the Ducks Digest newsletter. Um, that's another uh, really cool way to connect with us. I usually try to send that out uh, daily. It's a free newsletter. So if you go to my Twitter at mTaurus Sports, you can sign up for it there. And then also, last thing I want to plug here, the Ducks Digest forums. Um, really trying to build the community at Ducks Digest, interact with you guys more uh, and answer your questions, see what's on your mind. It helps inform our stories, uh, start some great conversations and all of that. That's just ducksdigestforums.com. You guys can go sign up for that. It is completely free and uh, really trying to get that going. So that's all I have for this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. For uh, coming by and supporting the pod. If you're here on YouTube, everyone take care and we will see you in the next episode.